Hi and welcome back to the Plumline podcast where we measure life against God's truth. Hello. It's Easter Sunday evening. We are not in a pub car park but we are in a lay-by overlooking the beautiful moorland towards Stanage on the edge of the Peak District. The sun is just setting. It is absolutely gorgeous. All we need is some pims or some, something similar. It's just a gorgeous evening. I have to peer around the laptop to see it. It's lovely. That was where we went and sat for your birthday, wasn't it? Yes, we did. We climbed, up, We climbed, didn't we, to the top? Well, Were we in the no, wrong place the to see the sunset, though? The yeah. moon came up, though, didn't it? Yeah, the moon was amazing that night. And, and then, then we did sparklers, cold. didn't we? <laughs> yes. And Andrew fell asleep. <laughs> yeah, he did. Thanks for that, husband. Oh, happy birthday. <laughs> I really enjoyed that. That was great. Yeah, that's like my favourite sort of outing. And you brought your vegetable crisps as a Did I? as a snack, yeah. Oh, I really like them, with a bit of hummus. You didn't bring any hummus. I'm sure I did. I wouldn't have eaten them on their own. A bit dry, a bit salty on their own. Need something moist to dip them in. <laughs> you know I'm right. Yeah. So, okay. have you had a good Easter? How did you How did you get on with your, your meditations? <laughs> your resurrection eggs? Yeah, we did resurrection eggs yeah. again. Yeah. Oh, good. Yeah, they loved it. Good. As as usual. Did you do twelve or did you just do six in the end? We did twelve. Oh, did you? Well we, done. Yeah, but we we did a couple of days together. Okay. So yeah, we did it in the evenings as well. Hmm. This time when everybody was sort of you know calm. Yeah. <laughs> Sedated with tiredness. <laughs> um, and yeah, it's probably the, it's the first year that Henry's really joined in. Okay. As well, although. His kind of offering most of the time was singing He Died on the Cross. Aww. <laughs> <laughs> Which has got the most annoying tune as a, of a kid's song. But yes, we basically asked him the same couple of questions every day. Okay. So that by the end, he properly knew the answer. So so what, what did you ask him? Because he's three, isn't he? Yeah, we asked him, died at Easter, and what did he die on? And did he stay dead? Oh, good. Yeah, good questions. That was that was pretty much it. Yeah, yeah. And then I, like uh, that. Je- I think Jesse has has been really doing the story in school mm-hmm. to get ready for the Easter service. So he was really annoying. And like, whenever you'd ask anyone else a question, he'd just jump in with the answer straight away. No. And oh, he's such he is such a like smart Alec. Yeah, that's not what I was thinking, but yes, smart <laughs> Alec. And what was just quite funny about it is that most of the time the girls are just like, <laughs> and so on the one hand you're like, Jesse, stop answering all the questions, but also, yes, you're right. <laughs> Henry, stop singing. <laughs> I remember, yeah. um, I remember going around a supermarket once with Isaac when he was about two, and him singing that really loudly, <laughs> and me hating myself for feeling embarrassed when he was just proclaiming the gospel for all to hear <laughs> it was so funny I think when when uh, my parents bought a trampoline when we moved to this house and we got like a proper garden they bought the kids a trampoline and the first time they went on it they were all bouncing up and down shouting that song <laughs> for all our new neighbours to hear right, the Christians have moved in next door in case we were in any, any doubt the Christians that sing about dying on a cross at all times of the year, <laughs> when they're two. <laughs> Normal. 
Anyway, Henry did this really amazing line. So I asked him, why was the tomb empty? And he said, because there were no beans. <laughs> In the tomb. <laughs> In the tomb. And then I said, I didn't say tin. I said tomb. Tomb. Because there were resurrection eggs all around you. And <laughs> we're not actually talking about lunch at the moment, are we? They opened the tin and he was not there. He was not there. An angel was sitting on a tin. <laughs> on a tin lid. <laughs> on a tinny. <laughs> Anyway, it was brilliant and we loved it. Good. And they loved it. And it's been... Um, Good, so that's Easter done. What about you? Did you make your Simnel cake? No, I ran out of baking oh. baking, um, <laughs> baking energy. We have, we've baked quite a few different things. Polly and our friend Anna baked a sort of chocolate bundt cake thing, which I have to say was not a great success. It oh. tasted all right, but it, got, it was a bit burnt and loads of it stuck to the tin. So it, instead of being this beautiful centrepiece, it's just been something that people have kind of picked out till it's all gone. But they have picked at it and it is all gone. So um, so that was a bit of a shame. But I wasn't really involved in that, quite thankfully, as it was going on till about half ten at night. Oh, <laughs> it's one of those late night baking sessions. It's just not what you When need, someone else it? does it with your child and I just thought that, I can tell that that's not going that well. I'm just going to bed now. <laughs> It'll keep the mess. Will keep till the morning. But yeah, it was it was okay. But I couldn't be bothered with a similar cake. And there's now there's just lots of chocolate around and stuff. You don't need more cake. Cake is. Well. I don't need more. Plus, similar cake's disgusting. Oh, I love it. I love it, but I can't really. I can't really be doing with it. Oh, all the peak adventurers are all charging home on Jeeping their quad, quad bikes and their jeeps and things. Oh, the sun is is going down really nice. I might have to hop out and take a photo for the Instagram right it's an Instagrammable moment people we'll be back in a minute it's fine we're back but Kat's still taking pictures I'm still aiming for the perfect shot I'll wait I'll wait for a bit till the sun's got a bit redder I think so what what, what were we properly going to talk about today (laughs) we were going to talk about I did have something a book that I've been reading we were trying to work out whether we've actually talked about this or not the book before Mm -hmm. but we can't remember so a book that I've been reading is which is called um, The Attributes of God by A.W. Pink. <laughs> She's taking more pictures. Just ignore me. Read me that thing that you've got underlined then that I can see. Okay. For the third time. <laughs> there are many today who talk about the love of God who are total strangers to the God of love. The divine love is commonly regarded as a species of amiable weakness, a sort of good-natured indulgence. It is reduced to a mere sickly sentiment patterned after human emotion. What's wrong with that then? Why is why is that not good for us? And why is it not representative of the love of the actual God? Great question. Thank you. What do you think? <laughs> well, I think <clears throat> I think if it's let me see it so that I can concentrate on it. I think amiable weakness. Well, we know that God is not weak. Mm-hmm. Good-natured indulgence. God's not good-natured, is he? He's perfectly holy. Yeah, perfectly natured. And indulgence, to me, smacks of having to sort of put up with something, but in a slightly sort of patronising, we all know it's not right, but we're going to put up with it kind of thing. Yeah. Like the way you might indulge a child that wants to put on a show for you, something like that. Well, that's that's not how God treats us. Or like and when they bring you a painting. Yeah, and, and like, you tell oh, them it's that's amazing. Yeah, when it's rubbish, when it's going straight in the recycling. Yeah. So, and the fact that it's patterned after human emotion is 
I mean, that's like the cherry on the cake because mm. if it's patterned after human emotion, then it will be coming out of the heart, which is deceitful above all things, and it will be fickle and swayed this way and that, and yeah. inconsistent and just like a seat of lies and manipulation. I think that's what that's what it made me think about that last. Did bit. it? Did it make you think those it things did, as well? Yeah, exactly that. Patterned after human emotion, it made me think. Then it then it will never be the same thing all the time no it was it's never it will never be attainable for one person when it is for somebody else yeah it will never be secure for one person no when it is for somebody else because if even between you and i i mean how many different emotions do we have or towards each other yeah and like our love for each other isn't perfect is it no so e- so even if we tinged as it is with impatience and about you Sarcasm. and your sunsets and oh, yeah <laughs> and disdain <laughs> me the sun hater and, and dis- you the sun worshipper and disrespect of me generally <laughs> and mockery yeah carry on um <laughs> move on from my pity puffs <laughs> see look at that look at look at you what? look at that kind of you know, that's... Yeah, so obviously that is not a good pattern of love. That's not a sort of love that I would expect to be coming out of the God of the universe. No, and what a good job it isn't. Indeed, indeed. What a good job it isn't. So people talk about the love of God, and they and they so they think it's basically, or hope it's basically a kind of a bit of a, a sort of better version of their of the best love they can kind of muster up. Yeah, and their idea of who deserves love and when. Yeah. And I think this is why it may it really sort of um, it really sort of linked into our one John study mm-hmm. because one John chapter four is one of the the biggie big verses chapters on chapters well, chunk chunk of a yeah <laughs> chunk of a chapter on yeah. love in that Bible study we talked quite a lot about the idea of God's love being this sort of license to then justify any action or any anything any behaviour or anything that you want to do. Yeah. And you sort of blanket yourself with the with the sort of premise that, well, God loves me, so therefore I can kind of do whatever I want. And it's fine because he loves me. And that's, well, that's like Paul in Romans talking about, shall we go on sinning so that grace might increase? Yeah. Isn't it a bit? Yeah. It's it's really not in the spirit of grace. And nor is this 1 John 4. If, if you say, shall we go on sinning so that grace might increase, I would hazard that your motivation is not, because you really want to see grace increase you're less fussed about seeing grace increase than you are about just sinning in the way that you want to in that in particular yeah and in a similar way with with this bit in um in one john four you're not you're less concerned about how loved you are by god than with the fact that that means you can sort of do what you want again yeah <laughs> which is yeah it's, it's just very self-centered and badly motivated yeah and i think it's um i, do, I think there's it, one thing that's been really interesting to me when i've been just i mean I've, i'm not saying that we research <laughs> extensively for our like, podcast episodes. like i did for easter Oh, sorry. I mean, I researched that quite extensively. Okay, sorry, I haven't got a, a page of facts and, fig- facts and figures and a, and a history of Easter in my jossa. <laughs> that's largely um, inaccurate or I've forgotten where I found it. Yeah. Well, I'm not saying that, but okay. you know. Yeah. But but still, like while I've been doing this, one I was I was chatting to a guy actually at Toddler Group and he was, he, he was just saying to me one thing he's kind of really noticed about when love is talked about in reference to God's love, mm. 
almost immediately it then talks about the the way that he expressed that ultimately through the cross yeah and and i thought yeah that you know that kind of really sums it up doesn't it that god's love expressed completely through the cross but still completely tied up in who he is as god and so like one of the points that arthur pink goes on to make in his book is that god god in his love is not incompatible with god in his holiness no and that the commands of god so the things that god wants us to do in the way he wants us to live isn't compatible with him being love okay do you see what i'm saying not really (laughs) well sort of so that he he can be both perfectly holy and perfectly love at yeah. the same time. Yeah, so I think the reason why we can say the the point of God being love isn't for you to just go and be able to do whatever you want. Well, that can't be true because God is t- perfectly holy. Yeah. So we can't you can't say God is love and say God is perfectly holy because if you think that being God, you know, God being all loving yeah. gives you license to yeah. do whatever you want, well then you can't think that he's perfectly holy yeah you then have a very low view of holiness yeah which which i think we do and a wrong view yeah a wrong view and and at best a low view yeah um which again is is where it's one of those points when you try and think about god and hold intention all his characteristics that we are just incapable of possessing all at once even several of at once it seems that you realise that he must be, he 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 is he's not something we could have come up with. Yeah. Because we we can't actually even, you can't picture him really, can you? In in so far as you can't. Well, I sorry, I shouldn't say one can't, but I find it really hard to sort of imagine God in all his facets. E- even as I think of Jesus as a per, I mean Jesus as a person mm. is what made it possible. Because otherwise, my tiny brain. Like just, I just can't cope with it, really. Yeah. Well, I'm, and you're not meant to. No. You were never made to. No. And that's also great news. Yeah, and reassuring. <laughs> yeah. Because that was that was never meant to be your purpose. Oh, what a relief. And that's, but then that's what we when we have that, you know, that idea of love that he says. Yeah. And we reduce it to a sentimentality. Yeah. Or we reduce it to a feeling. Well, then, what we're doing is. We're trying to be our own gods of love. And that's just a rubbish, rubbish idea of love, isn't it? Well, it's it? a very poor imitation. Yeah. So, so in... Oh, I don't know what I'm going to ask. One of the other really interesting yeah, t- things you say is um, the, different, the different words for love that are used. <laughs> oh, I'm glad in, you've asked me. In the Bible. <laughs> Have you just looked over at what I've got? No, I just knew you that just that's knew what I was going. Done. Oh, thanks. And uh, we talked. We talked. Do you know a bit what they are? In without looking at my research, agape. Yeah, yeah. Eros. Philia. Okay. You're thinking of feel. I'm thinking of philo. Okay. Philia. Eros. Yes. And I don't know how to pronounce it. I meant to ask somebody what today. Storge. Storge. <laughs> that doesn't sound very Greek. Storge. I would have said it was storge, then. Don't know. Storge, Agape, Eros and Philia. I didn't know about the Storge one. Phylos, I think that's how The I... word used to describe a parent's love for a child. Oh. Okay. Yeah, well, we talked a lot about Agape, didn't we, in the mm. One John stuff? Yeah. Because it's all the way through there. 
And it occurs a whopping 259 times in the New Testament. Oh, whopping. A whopping, That's yeah. a whopper. It is a whopper. You've got your whopping stats here <laughs> I've got again. whopping stats. Yes, courtesy of Jen Wilkin, actually. This is, I'm, I'm quoting out of her book. Oh, yeah. Her, um, her again. In his image. <laughs> yeah. But do you know what it doesn't occur more times than? <laughs> what a brilliantly worded question. What does it not occur more times than? <laughs> References to the anger, fury and wrath of God. There are more of those than there are to Ooh, the God of love. Not so good on a slogan or a T-shirt or a sticker, is it? God, yeah. God is angry with you. <laughs> Maybe that should be our new plumb line there. Watch out. Welcome His to the plumb line about. podcast. God is angry at you. God is angry at you. <laughs> Maybe we should get some T-shirts oh. that say something like that. <laughs> Rather than those rubbish T-shirts that say, like, God is my superhero. Homeboy. Oh, homeboy. God is my girl squad. <laughs> we should get one that says that. God's angry with you. Repent now. <laughs> yeah, great. Well, you can wear yours. <laughs> Probably won't be wearing anything that says that on it. The difference... I think the difference between the type of love that Pink is talking about, yeah, where it's patterned after human emotion, is that the agape love that's mentioned so much in the New Testament is not patterned after emotion at all, but after an act of the will and the will. You know, people will sort of say, love, you know, love is a verb, and it's something that we do. Loving is something that we do. Yeah. But, um... Like, you have to choose to love sometimes. Yeah. yeah. Like when Andrew says sunsets are rubbish... I choose to put my camera away and talk to him instead of gawping at it. Is that your example? You gawp at him instead. I gawp at him instead, gladly. <laughs> Jen Wilkin describes agape as... Oh, and she's quoting from somebody else, but I'm not sure who. Never mind. An intelligent, purposeful attitude of esteem and devotion. A selfless, purposeful, outgoing attitude that desires to do good to the one loved. Yeah. So it's an act of the will. It's thoughtful. It has purpose, it has intention, and it's, it's an attitude of how you, how, how you feel and respect, feel about and respect the person, an attitude of esteem, and also of devotion. So there's an attitude, there's also a level of commitment there. Yeah. And degree of, um, yeah, some kind of bond, yeah. I suppose, isn't there? Yeah. So is that when he says, um, in, one, in one John let us love one another so the ask there is to love one another with that what was it purposeful esteem a purposeful attitude of esteem yes a purposeful attitude of esteem and devotion and actually i'm quoting quoting kenneth wuest from wuest's word studies in the greek new testament mm. okay so i quite like that though what was it again say it again the purposeful attitude right, of esteem and devotion i've just said it so an intelligent, purposeful attitude of esteem and devotion. Yeah. So, so agape does not merely feel, it acts. Yeah. It's a love that acts. And it yeah. acts in a selfless way, so it doesn't act to get. And it doesn't act, um, it doesn't act based on... Um, like self-interest. Like self-interest. Yeah. And it doesn't act expecting something back. So this, so this is really and amazing when one John says... Sorry. Beloved, let us love one another. Yeah. So let us, with intelligent and purposeful esteem... And devotion. And devotion, to treat each other in that way. Yeah. Not so, not seeking our own interests, yeah. but putting other people first. Yeah. Not expecting anything back. For love 
is from God. Yeah. Which is what God has done, isn't it? Yeah. So he's already done that for us. Yeah. So that's what true love looks like. Yeah. And actually, I I mean, that's how... What a wonderful way to be loved. Yeah. I don't... I don't you know, if, if God just loves me in a sort of fluffy, hearts, Aww. bunch of flowers type way... Yeah. I mean, you can take it or leave it, can't you, yeah. really? I mean, it's not... It's sort of empty romance. Yeah that you move past but actually that isn't how he loves you anyway if you're thinking oh I'm not bothered about God loving me like that well don't worry he doesn't love you like that he actually loves you like this in this much more demanding intentional invested in committed deep active way yeah and that's how we're to love one another again which is really really different to just being about lust or who you fancy or who makes you feel good about yourself yeah or who's easy or who's easy, or who um, who you will look good next to. Yeah. So I'll 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 get in with you because you're you'll be quite good for my sort of social currency. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever. Um, which is why I hang out with you. Because I just think you you make me look quite good. <laughs> oh dear, you need to make better choices. Do I? Yeah. You need to well, make better choices well. with agape love in in mind. <laughs> I have to, yeah. And so I think it's it's just it's much more demanding, but it's much more and much more costly. It's much much better to receive, and therefore also much better to give. Well, and, and loving somebody a lasting benefit. Loving somebody in that way is hard. Is harder, isn't it, for us? Yeah, it's harder to love someone in that way. Yeah, but it's it's better for them. Yeah, and ultimately it's better for us. Yeah, because all the time you're going. Loving you is really hard. Loving you is really hard. Why yeah. am I doing this? Well, because I was loved first. Yeah. So I have to love like this. Yeah. Because this is this is a better type of love. Which and which is so true, isn't it? Even when you think about marriage, the sort of awful pictures that films betray of we fell in love and everything was hunky dory. Mm. What about the times when you're pregnant and you can't stop being sick? <laughs> and the you know, yeah. you're not you're not yeah, looking yeah. great, are you? Or smelling great. You're not at your best no. at that point. No, you aren't. You're not, you know, harking back to the days of when you first met and No. You're <laughs> like just basically constantly in the kitchen or the toilet. Yeah. Vomiting. Vomiting in the kitchen. Well I couldn't ever make it up the stairs. Really? Yeah. <laughs> I thought you meant because you, you when you weren't being sick you were having to cook. I know what your husband's like. Yeah, because I'm Just so joking. loving. So, oh, poor you. <laughs> yeah, I like. I couldn't. I would never be able to get up the stairs in time. And then you'd. And then I'd inevitably. She's up. moved house since then. Can I just let everybody know? I wouldn't know? have been able to anyway at the time. No. Because I was so sick constantly. You were, weren't you? And then I would just go oh. to hospital. And like, there was never any doubt in my mind during that time. That Sam loved me, mm. but like by looking after me, yeah, he's he's practicing a kind of serving, self-denying love. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, he wasn't he wasn't deciding whether you were worthy of it. No, in that time or moment, and he wasn't showing me love by saying, you know, writing me a poem, no, <laughs> or buying me a card from Clinton's. Yeah, Hallmark, <laughs> yeah. or more likely, card factory. He was, he yeah, was, he was looking just, after me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I think that, and I think that's a great example of it. And sadly, we do know stories, don't we, where 
actually when a, when a woman is is suffering in that way in pregnancy actually you you know before we all think well that's what all husbands would do it isn't what all husbands do no is it no um it's not my experience what do you mean what you're just saying is your experience i mean what it's your it, it was yeah. your experience with your husband but we we both know people yeah who, for whom that for whom has that not been right. their experience yes yeah. and um at the, when things have really got hard actually the love has somewhat <laughs> dried up hasn't it yeah and um and been shown to be dwindling dwindling or um not really willing to go the extra mile um and so on so it, it is possible which i think is is just a great reminder as well that this kind of agape selfless costly not based on human emotion love is is a love that we we really aren't able to display or muster up in our own strength. No. And yeah, that is a great point. And that is where we we desperately need to pray and ask God's spirit to give us the love for one another that he has for us. Yeah. And that he has shown us because because we don't naturally have it on our own. Yeah. You might have a good day where everything kind of goes really well and it feels quite easy mm. to be nice and to be loving and then you think oh it's done pretty well today but actually how how do we do on the days where we are not held in esteem or yeah. devotion or um or or treated selflessly or purposefully by those around us then then we find it really hard to love them in that way and I think I've I've never known that more than as a parent and realizing actually you know, when people talk about having unconditional love for your children and I know actually that isn't agape love is it that's this storge love the the word used to describe a parent's love for a child I think I think that I I do have but in terms of loving them in a selfless way when they are not deserving of it <laughs> I found that really hard. Yeah. And and then when people talk about, you know, we just love them un- you just love them unconditionally, don't you? And I think no, I don't. <laughs> it's, I feel it's very dependent on my conditions being met. And today they're not being met and and actually I don't really like them. Yeah. And my conditions aren't even that demanding. Well, they're not as high as God's conditions. No. Yeah. But they're higher than they can achieve or manage. Yeah. And that's my that's my foolishness and my selfishness. Yeah. At play. So I think learning early on to ask God and not to feel bad about asking God for help to love your children, for example. Yeah. Because I think, you know, thinking of all the people having babies at the moment that we know at church, I wonder if they realise yet that there'll come a point where they really don't love you at the moment. Yeah. And then feeling like the worst parent on earth. And when you're holding that tiny little baby, you you can't imagine feeling yeah. that can you no you can, i can ima- i can remember holding henry when he was really like days old yeah and one of the other children doing something that annoyed me and looking at him and thinking oh you'll annoy me one day <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> oh and it's it's hard to imagine that when you're just holding them that you'll ever feel annoyed at them yeah or cross with them or like yeah. you just want them to disappear get lost <laughs> or permanently disappear no. Just like go and be quiet in another room yeah. for a bit. Just so, just so I can refill my tank of love. <laughs> Gosh. <laughs> I don't think anywhere here it mentions about God refilling our love tank. No. I don't think that's a that's not a thing. No, is it, really? I think I think 
probably we re- we refill the love tank by repenting. Yeah. As you and asking God as to you rightly asked me last week, I had a, I had a bit of a, a black moment of parenting last week, and I texted Cat <laughs> to tell her my woes, and expecting some you know, in return some good words of encouragement. There, there. Just got a text back that said, "Have you repented yet?" <laughs> I knew you could take it. Which I knew was, you could take which it in the was moment. totally the right thing to tell me. It was the right thing to tell me. It was almost me. a bit of an experiment because it's the sort of thing I imagine I wouldn't dare to say to somebody. So I'm, I am really glad. It's a bit that contentious you, for you, isn't it? It is. It's a bit, a bit near the knuckle. Yeah. Um, risk of rejection high. Yeah. Risk of appreciation quite very low. low. <laughs> so I'm glad you appreciated it, and please do do the same for me. If I ever have a bad parenting day. Oh. That I tell you about. <laughs> if, the, if the first parenting, bad parenting day ever if comes the, for you. If the unimaginable happens. <laughs> and you're a bad parent for the first time ever. <laughs> I don't believe it will happen. I just well, don't believe I've, it. I mean, I've managed 13, nearly 14 years now of near perfect parenting. So <laughs> Near yeah, perfect I'm, parenting and near constant contact. <laughs> I probably threw the worst thing. Oh, I wish that was you true. You probably made all the mistakes. <laughs> probably, yeah. <laughs> Oh, please, please let there be not be too many more to make. But, you I know, I was just be. thinking, just going back to what you said about that sort of, the that love being completely countercultural and counterintuitive, mm. that agape love. Yeah. Is that then, like Jesus says, that it will be by that that people will know him, isn't it? Yeah. So, like, how how do you see God work, visit, how do you see an invisible God work visibly through that, through his people loving each other in that kind of way. In that, yeah. Yeah, not in a kind of God is love, way. Jesus loves you, Yeah, wear a cool t-shirt, you know, yeah. pat, pat, there you are, kind of way. Yeah. Actually, that isn't how people will know God. Get your lights on. Look at this joker. Flash, flash him. him. Oh, there we go. Oh, he turned his lights on because we flashed him. That Amazing. Was a, that was a good partridge moment, that. We, we flashed him. <laughs> flashed him with the lights. You've hit your Just... hazards. <laughs> Sorry, we're digressing. Anyway, yes. Yeah, I had thought that as well. That, that the world, how the world right, will Kat. know us is by loving in this way, not in the way that we can yeah. think people will find us a bit easier to kind of take. Yeah. So it's not when I texted you last week telling you what had happened, mm. you're not loving me by texting me back saying, oh, don't worry about it, we've all been there. You know, yeah. you're such a great mom. Don't know why I have to go American. It's just necessary. That's what they say, isn't it? You know, you're just like following your dreams and you're being your best mum now and you're just so amazing and this is how you're really good and look at your lovely children and you'll miss these times when they're gone. And what is Sounds there? like you've got an axe to grind now. <laughs> Sounds like you're trying to make a separate point. <laughs> but that is what you could have told me. Yeah, I could have. And that would have been... And part of you will probably would probably have wanted a, to be told that. A little that. bit of me wants you to say to because, me because uh, I would have. It was my chi- it was my child's fault. Yeah. you didn't do anything yes, wrong. Exactly, they deserve that reaction. Your reaction was completely yeah. justified. Yeah, and you are in no way in the wrong. Yeah, that's and what God's fine with it. There was definitely a bit of me that wanted you to tell me that. Yeah, God wants you to discipline your children like He disciplines you. Is how you could have manipulated that. But I didn't. I didn't go too many. But actually, you're you're asking me. Have I repented? That was the first thing that I should have done. 
rather than like sat in my grudging annoyance at them. Wallowing in your Which has lasted nearly a week, as it, it turns out. It hasn't really. <laughs> You've had ups and downs this week, like we all have, I'm sure. Now, now you're just doing what I said you shouldn't have done. Oh, sorry. <laughs> yeah, get on your knees and repent again. Stop Are, you, ta- are you seriously taking another picture? Well, like, there's a lovely There's like silhouette. nothing back... There's nothing to take. There's a nice silhouette of Burbage. Gosh. Looks really good. Oh, there's some car lights spoiling it. I thought we could just end by reading Romans five eight, which says, "Brilliant." But God shows His love for us in this that while we were still, still sinners, sinners, Christ died for us. So a little summation: the love of God versus the wrath of God. They're no. not trying to outdo each other. No. And one of the things that we did in the one John study, which was really amazing, was we looked at all these Old Testament passages, mm-hmm. I don't know if you remember this, mm-hmm. and we looked at all the kind of characteristics of God in there. So it you know, we read like holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. Yeah. And then we read about not being able to approach him because of his glory. Yeah. And all of those kind of things. And we saw that his standard of holiness is so, so high. And yeah. it, it's never it's never over his standard of love, and his standard of love is never over his holiness. No, they're never out of balance, are they? They're never out of balance, which is amazing, isn't it? Wrath of God. The wrath of God is as much a divine perfection as his love. Yeah, and yet we so readily will want to value one over the other. Yeah, or like take take <clears throat> something away from the wrath of his, from his wrath, or replace it with his love. But actually, he wouldn't be perfectly loving if he wasn't wrathful. No, if he didn't deal with evil. So, let's, um, I think let's leave anyway, the problem of evil for another time. Yeah. Um, Good thoughts. So, yeah, I just have great. really enjoyed reading that book. Yeah, so great. That is going to be my plum crumble. In, is it? I, I don't know if I've done it before, but I'm sorry, I can't I don't think you that. have. So it's A.W. Pink, The Attributes of God. If you're listening and you actually know me, you're very welcome to borrow my copy. It's really good. Couple of pages, you can read them in the morning or like while the kids were around. A few Bible verses, really good little thing to do every day. I, I haven't given my plum crumble a huge amount of thought. Have you been too busy researching the love of God? <laughs> no, I haven't. You've been too busy taking pictures. I've been, you? I've been, I've just been busy. What can I say? I've just been so busy this week. Um. So yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I haven't really got a plum crumble. No, I don't know what I'm doing with myself. I haven't been sleeping very well is one thing. And when I haven't been sleeping very well, what I have been listening to is Sherlock Holmes. Oh, are you still doing that? On BBC Four Extra. I love it. Yeah, They're just half cool. an hour. They're such good old stories. Yeah. Um, is one story half an hour then? Or are they in half yeah, an they hour Yeah, they are. Parts? They're like... No, they're they're um, done into into half hour stories. Okay. So they're they're very listenable. Right. I find them just so soothing. The story is always pretty graspable, yeah. even if you're really like half awake. <laughs> <laughs> so I just I just love Radio Four Extra yeah. and all its dramas. I love that you love that. Do you? Yeah. I know I'm a bit of a fogey, but I do I do love it. You Still asked win. for it to be intense, people, and it was intense today. You asked for it to be intense? I don't know. You're just being rhetorical. A, cu- a couple of people <laughs> a couple of people commented on the... Uh, oh, yeah, they did, didn't they? The sort of been lack a, of... Yeah, lack, lack of um, substance. Yeah. But as Kat said, we're not willing to compromise on hilarity. <laughs> no, and I hope we've proved that once again this evening. <laughs> Which was so funny. 
And I wanted to just give a little shout out to um, Jo, our friend, yeah. who's an eye surgeon, who sent us a picture of her practising surgery on an... I think it's like a fake eye, isn't it? Yeah, she wasn't performing surgery <laughs> and listening to us. But she was just, like, practising her skills. Her technique with maybe. a scalpel. And um, she wouldn't have a scalpel in an eye. Yeah, you might if you had to, like, slice the cornea off. Really? Yeah. She was, was looking through a microscope thing, though. She was, wasn't she? She wasn't doing much slicing. There was a, a cornea slicing knife mentioned in the Sherlock Holmes episode I've just listened to. That's why it's in my mind. Oh, right. Yeah. Okay. Well. Silver Blaze. That episode. There you go, Joe. It's one for you. <laughs> But what I was, I was, I asked her if she managed to operate successfully whilst listening to us because we're so, we're so funny. funny. Yeah, she probably blind the patient. She, she didn't reply. Yeah. So you heard it here first. We are Plumline Podcast. Choice of eye surgeons everywhere. <laughs> eye surgeons everywhere are listening to us. So you know you're in good company. So thanks, and also thank you to my friend Beth who was at a shopping centre the other day and they were giving out free tinnies. And she oh, got great. me one. So what is it? It's coffee. It's disgusting. Oh, is, yeah. is that why you've not even opened it? I've opened, well, she gave me two. Okay. And I opened one and it was just pretty gross. Oh, really? That's a shame. So anyway, but thanks for the thought. Because we do love a tinny <laughs> the at the Plum Line. We do love a tinny here at the Plum Line. <laughs> oh, well, thanks for listening. Unlike, um, and tune in next time for another rambling ramble. Yes, next next time we've I think we've got a few... Or a couple, maybe, of exciting things to talk about. We have got some hot topics coming up. We've got up. some... Well, it's not really the topics. It's more the, the news I was... Oh, the news that you're going to drop. Referencing. Yeah. I'm so overcome with excitement. The bee bomb. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my word. Anyway, I think it's time to go. It is. Goodbye. Bye.